0: your creativity episode 28. Why are we writing? What is it that we wish to add to the conversation? Why is it imperative for me to share my ideas through literature or screenwriting? You're listening to the own your creativity podcast with me your host Elizabeth Johnston. Hello everybody and welcome to today's show. I'm really excited to announce a new direction for the Own Your Creativity podcast. Starting today, I'll be alternating between solo episodes and interview episodes. Why am I doing this? Because there are a lot of things I want to share with you about creative writing, how to do it, why to do it, the science behind it, and how it can enrich your life and the world. I truly believe that art makes the world a better place, specifically writing, and I want to share my passion for writing directly with you. So the title for today's show is Going from Little to Large as a Writer. Specifically, I'll be talking about five ways that writing and reading can improve your life so that you can own your creativity. I want you to feel empowered so that you go from hiding your light under a bushel To letting your voice ring out in the form of your books, poems, screenplays, or whatever type of writing that you do. Today's episode is for you if you want to write but haven't started yet, or if you are writing but haven't seen the results of which you know you're capable, or you're already happily writing away but love all things related to the discussion of the importance of writing. The five things i will talk about today are chocolate for the brain, making lemonade, Living in the Stone Age, Trying on Different Shoes, and Changing the World with Your Stories. Afterwards, I'd love to hear from you which of the five topics resonated the most with you. Number one, chocolate for the brain. For many years, people thought that you were given a certain number of brain cells when you were born, and that was it. (laughs) Not so. Studies now show that the brain can regenerate itself when it's stimulated with new activities. I believe that one of the best activities after dance is writing because it's a journey of discovery and it helps you go through different steps and then come to a solution to a problem or an idea that you're working through. The process of writing helps the brain create new connections called dendrites, which is a key component Of a better brain. One of the many studies done on this topic is from Dr. Gene D. Cohen. And in his paper on creativity and aging, this is what he had to say about the brain's ability to grow. Quote The world of behavioral neuroscience has revolutionized the way we understand the brain's ability to adapt and keep itself vital. Which is referred to as brain plasticity. This work has also revolutionized our understanding of what we ourselves can do to keep our brains and minds healthy through creatively challenging ourselves in a sustained manner. Now, I'll read that sentence over again because it's really important to take that in. This work has revolutionized our understanding of. What we ourselves can do to keep our brains and minds healthy through creatively challenging ourselves in a sustained manner. Now, this is really important because it's putting all the power in our hands. We can really affect change in our lives on a cellular level if we practice in a certain way. So Dr. Cohen continues, he says, quote, basically research in this area vividly demonstrates that when the brain is challenged through our activities and surroundings, it is altered through the formation of new synapses. These are contact points between the cells. More synapses means better communication amongst brain cells and increased opportunities for new ideas to connect. When these branch like extensions, known as dendrites, from one brain cell called the neuron achieve contact with extensions of other neurons, new synapses are formed. Unquote. And that is your brain growing in action. Now, that may be a, dip, a bit difficult to visualize, <laughs> but basically what it means is that if you do something that is pleasurable and challenging for your brain, you build up new brain cells, which helps in all areas of your life, including your ability to be creative. Dr. Cohen goes on to say that, art activities are especially good for brain plasticity because these activities are more likely to be sustained. And just like the impact of physical exercise over the long term, the challenges or the benefits of challenges for the brain increase when they are ongoing. So this is why I recommend to people who take my classes and to writers that they write every day even if it's just five minutes a day, but make it every day. Especially when you're working on a big project. If you decide to work on your dream writing project only once a week or once a month, you will spend a good portion of that time trying to figure out where you left off the time before. This way of working is much less efficient and it will slow your progress. This slow progress in turn will affect your motivation. And not being consistent is the reason many aspiring writers give up on their dreams. Another interesting thing from Dr. Cohen's research that I want to share with you is about the ability of the brain to connect the left and right sides of the brain. Apparently, this begins to happen more significantly in mid and later life. Why this is important is that the more connections you make in your brain within it and between the two hemispheres, the more you're able to use it to improve your quality of life and the quality of your creativity and your writing. But also making these types of connections is just pleasing to the brain. In fact, Dr. Cohen likens it to Chocolate for the brain, in the way that the brain metaphorically savors these challenges. And when that happens, endorphins get released in our body and we feel good. (laughs) Isn't that cool? It's all connected. So virtually every form of art provides us with these opportunities for brain chocolate. And best of all, there are no calories when you work on your writing projects. The second aspect in going from little to large in your writing has to do with making lemonade and the process of catharsis. The dictionary definition of catharsis is the act or process of releasing a strong emotion, such as pity or fear, especially by expressing it in an art form. So catharsis can help us release emotions, put things into perspective and make us feel better. Since studies show the brain responds more to positive thoughts, writing about how negative experiences have made us better and stronger means we make lemonade out of lemons, and that improves our quality of life. So I'll explain a little bit more about how I relate catharsis and lemonade making through writing. When you express your negative experiences with the intention of making something good out of it... You're moving beyond wallowing in the negative and acting for the greater good of yourself and others. When you can reframe negative experiences in this way, in a way that produces something positive, this gives your brain pleasure because it's a challenge to see a silver lining. It's a challenge to turn dross into gold. And that's precisely what a writer can do. Now, ideally, the end result of catharsis is to purge yourself of that negative experience and pave the way for a more positive or happy outlook. In an article from Psychology Today, the connection between being happy and our brain was explored. Quote, if you want to be happy the rest of your life, make sure you keep your brain happy. Why? Because being happy matters more to your brain than you might think. In fact, feeling pleasure can be so stimulating for your brain that it is primed to respond to pleasure in a way that reinforces pleasure. Your brain offers rewards to steer you on a path to happiness, and you can offer your brain rewards that will encourage it to become even more finely tuned and to grow well into your old age. Other reasons to want a happy brain... Negative mood variance disturbs your interaction with your environment, affecting your ability to perceive, remember, and reinforce existing or create new neural connections, while being happy improves your ability to be more cognitively alert and productive, unquote. Many people believe that you've got to have had a sad or difficult life to be a great writer, but actually all you need is more empathy for yourself and others. There will always be things in your life that you don't like or wish you didn't have to experience, but how you react to those events will have a direct effect on how much lemonade you're able to make. So a component of being happy is to pursue those activities that give you pleasure, right? Now, one of the courses I teach at the university is a study skills one, study skills and time management, and it's designed for people who have failed out of their program, and my course is a requirement if they want to get back on track and continue with their education. Surprisingly, a lot of them are vastly unhappy at finding themselves in that circumstance, Most do not see it as a second chance and an opportunity to succeed. Instead, they focus on the negatives, that they failed and this, according to them, is their punishment. However, a few in the class decide on the first day, after we have lengthy discussions on motivation and attitude, to embrace the process and see the class as an an opportunity to grow and excel. Those people get the most out of the course far more quickly and they are the ones to show gratitude for their learning, which in turn keeps the brain happy. Part of the learning these students experience is in the form of a weekly reflective journal. In it, they can assess what they're doing, how well they did it, and how they might do it differently in the future. This exercise is often quite cathartic for them. It allows them to process their emotions and channel them into a productive endeavor, which is the reshaping of themselves so that they can succeed. Consequently, they feel empowered and in control of their life, something they didn't feel when they got word that they would have to take that course. So, to put it simply, what they are doing is making lemonade out of lemons. And I call this the cathartic process. This is a way of reframing the events in your life so that you can continue to grow and reach your goals. So you take a situation in your past and reconsider it from the perspective of personal growth. Now that negative story has been recouped in the service of greater goals and greater happiness in your life. Now in that same Psychology Today article, the author goes on to explain that, quote, other than being much for much more fun to be around being happy stimulates the growth of nerve connections it improves cognition by increasing mental productivity it improves your ability to analyze and to think it affects your view of your surroundings and it increases attentiveness it also leads to more happy thoughts so happy people are more creative solve problems faster and tend to be more mentally alert. So making room in your life for your screenplay or your memoir or whatever tickles your writing fancy is actually good for your health and for your brain. Far from being selfish or unimportant in the grand scheme of things, it can be really positive. It can have positive effects on you and those around you. Lastly, this cathartic lemonade process does double duty for a writer. They can use journaling to reframe their own experiences, and they can also use those same situations in their memoir writing or in their fictional screenwriting. This process forms the basis of compelling drama, whether it's a true story or not. The literary techniques are the same. Okay, topic number three, living in the Stone Age. My next topic is about doing something that many would consider as old-fashioned. Soon, this practice may even be alongside the dodo birds and other extinct animals. I'm talking about writing by hand. In fact, in some schools, cursive writing is no longer being taught. So it really seems as though writing by hand is disappearing. However, recent studies have shown that writing by hand rather than typing engages more of the brain and this helps us remember things better. As a result, our recall of facts for a test or a to-do list is better. Similarly, when we write fiction or non-fiction by hand, we remember the plot line more easily when we pick, it up, when we pick up on the writing later. Let's consider this research done with university students. In this study, 65 college students watched one of five TED Talks covering topics that were interesting but not common knowledge. The students who watched the talks in small groups were either given laptops, disconnected from the internet, of course, (laughs) or notebooks, and were told to use whatever strategy they normally use to take notes. The students then completed three tasks, including a taxing working memory task. A full 30 minutes later, they had to answer factual recall questions, example, approximately how many years ago did the Indus civilization exist, and conceptual application questions, for example, how did Japan and Sweden differ in their approaches to equality within their societies, and this is based on the lecture that they had watched. The results revealed that while the two types of note takers performed equally equally well on questions that involve recalling facts, laptop note takers performed significantly worse on the conceptual questions. Isn't that interesting? So in other words, people who wrote their notes by hand were able to think more critically than those who basically just mindlessly transcribed whatever they heard without processing the information. That's key because they were processing the information when they were writing by hand because they're selectively choosing what to put down on the page. So they're already organizing that information in a way that makes sense to them. So this is significant for creative writers because when you write by hand, you'll remember your story better than if you just typed it. There's also the fact that writing by hand engages more of your senses and motor skills while at the same time, your brain is sifting through what to write down. This means that there is more crossover happening between your two brain brain hemispheres, which relates back to the earlier idea of brain plasticity and overall health. Now, I don't advocate throwing out your computers. I certainly won't. <laughs> but I do often start my writing projects off by hand. And then when I have a handle on the idea, I type it up on my computer. I periodically print it off, then write notes on the pages, write in my journal by hand, then add those notes in on the computer and back and forth. So those are some ways to incorporate handwriting into your creative writing habit. Being able to think critically means you have a broad understanding of the issues at hand. And this is what is happening when you take notes by hand when you're listening to a lecture. This skill is indispensable for any human being, but particularly for a writer. Another important skill for writers is empathy. And this is my next point. Number four, walk in other people's shoes. There are some fascinating studies being done that show that reading literary fiction as opposed to genre fiction helps us be more empathetic. Genre fiction provides escape, and I'm all for that sometimes, but literary fiction challenges our assumptions, prejudices, and worldview. In an article about this topic, it was described this way. Literary fiction, by contrast, focuses more on the psychology of characters and their relationships. Often those characters' minds are depicted vaguely without many details, and we're forced to fill in the gaps to understand their intentions and motivations. This genre prompts the reader to imagine the characters' introspective dialogues. This psychological awareness carries over into the real world, which is full of complicated individuals whose inner lives are usually difficult to fathom. I mean, how many times have you wondered what's going on in the head of a loved one? So although literary fiction tends to be more realistic than popular fiction, the characters disrupt reader expectations, and they undermine our prejudices and stereotypes. They support and teach us values about social behavior, such as the importance of understanding those who are different from ourselves. So that's what literary fiction invites us to do and challenges us to do. And that challenge is, again, chocolate for the brain. So not only are we building a better brain with new neural pathways when we read literary fiction, we're paving the way for us to become better writers too. This leads me to my last and final point, make life better. Now, the more we write, the more we can understand or develop our sense of purpose. Why are we writing? What is it that we wish to add to the conversation about that topic? Why is it imperative for me to share my ideas through literature or screenwriting? Oftentimes we can't answer that at the beginning of a new project, and especially if we're a new writer. It's only as we continue to write and finish piece after piece and get more experience with writing that it becomes clear to us why we are writing. So taking the time to sit down to write means we allow ourselves the time and space to fully express our creativity and explore it and figure out what does it all mean and why am I doing this and and how do I fit into the larger dialogue. Then products of our imagination can go on to enrich, instruct, and inspire our fellow human beings to live life to the fullest. In this way, we can find our place in the world and contribute to it in a positive and meaningful way. So giving voice to your creative dreams in the form of books, poems, screenplays, it's a way of communicating with the world and touching the lives of those who read or see your work. It makes you think, doesn't it? So here's a recap, the five ways to go from little to large in your life as a writer. Number one, give your brain chocolate by solving challenging problems within your stories. It will improve your brain function and make you happy and more creative. Number two, seek to make lemonade as often as possible through your writing, not to pretend life is perfect and wonderful, but to give it meaning and to decide to make the most of it no matter what. Number three, write every day and if possible by hand so that you can build brain plasticity as well as momentum, which will give you the motivation to see your writing dreams become a reality. Number four. Read literary fiction to enlarge your capacity for empathy for yourself and in your writing. Number five, this empathy will help you understand your purpose in the grand scheme of things and increase your creative abilities in your writing so that you touch more people with your message and your art. That's it for today's show. Hope you found it interesting, useful, and inspiring. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join my Facebook group, Own Your Creativity. I'd love to see you there. Next week, I'll be chatting with Kristen Joy. She's the book ninja, and at the tender age of six, Kristen started her first business and in 2003 turned her lifelong love of books into a full-time career teaching authors how to create books that bring them business. To date, Kristen has started over fifty publishing companies for others, published over two hundred books and ebooks, and coached thousands of authors from Idea to Published she can be found roaming the toy aisles with her man at target or snuggling with her cat her books can be found online and kristen on amazon.com if you have any questions for kristen let me know by posting them in my facebook group own your creativity or send me an email to info at ownyourcreativity.com until next time be creative and keep writing